already like 7 million podcasts Talking about pop culture and all that Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat But it's all been done before and we don't want to be a copycat We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap Good it, toss it, good it, taste it Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it Let's embrace the Tupperware party Subculture spill over like a vulture Carry over, counterculture, pushovers Pop culture Leftovers And we're the uncool kids What's to say has already been said Leftovers Pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers you're listening to the only podcast with the balls to bite a radioactive spider. It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, five four, four, three, three, two, two, one. Hey, welcome to a bonus episode of Pop Culture Leftovers. Uh, we are very excited to have with us today... Uh, Writer, producer, Chris J, who worked on uh, – this is your first film. It's called The Bet, and uh, Jake and I and Aaron uh, Aaron Claude Miller from Nerd Porn Podcast had the pleasure of watching this movie, and now we get to talk to the writer and producer of this film, The Bet, uh, Chris J. Chris J, welcome to the show. Cool. Thanks. Thank you so much for having me, man. Um, I'm the uh, co-writer and the co-producer. I just want to make sure everybody gets credit in the right place, you know? Absolutely. Uh, the other writer, uh, Mr. Goldberg. What was his? What's his first name? Yeah, uh, Aaron Goldberg. He, he's my partner in crime. He was in the band Army of Freshmen with me for years and years and years, and, and we wrote the film together. Nice, nice. nice. Uh, so, this is this your first endeavor, or have you done short films in the past? Is this your first film? Oh, dude. I mean, to be completely honest with you, this is completely one hundred percent my first foray into film whatsoever. Um, and that's why it's kind of like a wild story because we're music guys. You know, we came from the rock and roll world. We had done that for years and years. We were uh, in a band, Army of Freshmen, still are, but we were like one of those bands that some people heard of and most people had no idea who we were, but we were out there in the universe working very, very hard, you know? Yeah. And, uh, dude, when, um, when the music industry started to go upside down really, really bad, kind of like in the mid to late 2000s. Uh, things really kind of, we were like a middle class band. We would be like that band that would open up for a big band, but we'd be making a hundred bucks living off the CD sales trying to make new fans, you know? And we toured the world over, but we were in a van. We never made any money and we were really, really close to, um, finally signing with a major label deal. And then that stock market crash hit. And, uh, you know, that was like 2008 or something like that. And that was kind of like the death blow to the music industry. I'm not sure how versed you guys are with that, but it was a real horrible time in music. So a lot of bands of our size, like the middle class bands, right? We just kind of got shoved to the side for lack of a better word. So I kind of found myself with a lot of time on my hands and, uh, all, yeah, all my, all my dreams kind of came through music, but, um, you know, I just had this time. Sorry, I'm starting to get some delay there. Is that me? Yo, Brian, you still with me? There I'm you still, are. We're still here, yeah. 
Okay, cool, cool. Sorry, I was getting some crazy delay. Um, so at any rate, um, I had all the extra time on my hand. I had an idea for a movie. I lived in California. So I got with uh, our guitar player, Aaron, and I said, man, let, let's write a script. I got this idea for a movie, and we can just be like every other asshole in Southern California waiting tables, <laughs> you know, that has an idea for a movie. Um, and we got uh, a producer on board who had done one of our videos, a gentleman, Reza Riazzi, and he kind of just guided us through the process, if that makes sense, just, you know, how to write a script, what to do, all that kind of stuff. He stayed with the project to the point where, you know, after a little bit of time of working on it here and there, it was done. And we just decided collectively, like, let's try and make this. Like, no matter what budget we get, no matter what money we can find, instead of being just another guy with a script, like, let's make it. Even if it's in my backyard in an iPhone, I just didn't want to kiss anybody's ass anymore. Like, like with the music industry, I'd spent so many years A&R guys and waiting for approval to do shit. I was over it. I was like, if I'm going to fail in another entertainment endeavor, I'm at least going to do it on my own terms. So that's basically the genesis of the movie. That's cool. The streaming services don't do middle-class bands like yours any favors either. No, no. I remember, yeah, I remember like looking back on like the whole Napster and Metallica thing and thinking like, oh, who does Metallica think they are? Mm-hmm. And now it makes sense. Like they, they saw this way before any of us saw this happening to the music industry. <laughs> so oh, dude, you're a hundred percent right, man. When that, when that shit went down, I was Mr. Napster because I was in a small band, yeah. you know, and I'm like, oh, that rich guy trying to hold back the people and Napster's good for bands like me because they'll discover me and then I'll make money. But what I didn't realize is, yeah, they may discover you, but you're not going to make any money. So he actually in some ways like well, – who was it? Uh, it was Lars, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he was a bit of a visionary with that because I guarantee you, especially with me and my circle of friends, like I, we would have hopped on that bandwagon I think a lot earlier. But we just didn't know. We couldn't foresee what was about to happen. And it's – I mean the music business is a shell of itself. Like – you, you kind of get blinded because you see all the big names, you know, the Lady Gaga's and the, the Adele's and the Drake's and shit like that, right? But mm-hmm. that is like 1% of 1%. Like everybody else is absolutely struggling. I mean the majority of my friends that were involved in music are no longer in that field anymore, especially those that actually worked in the industry. And it honestly, it's sad, dude, not to get too depressing on you guys, but it was it was a near holocaust, you know? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we're seeing a lot. I mean, we're seeing a lot of like the the new stars in music coming out of. Uh, for a while there, it was like American Idol, but now we're seeing like a lot of people on SoundCloud and YouTube, and it's it's just not the same anymore. It's really not the same. No, it, it doesn't. It doesn't feel the same. What you said about the. Those reality shows and those contests, you're right. Those those contributed. I, I felt like first it was downloading, then it was the false perception of like reality shows and singing contests, you know. And then streaming now is like that. Ah, that's the end of the road. And they're trying to like, hey, here's a penny. It's like it's <laughs> unbelievable, man. It's it's really sad. And and now music's free though. It just floats in the air. People mm-hmm. collect it, you know. On on they don't even collect it anymore. They just listen to it. So in some ways, it's awesome because there's more music out there than ever and and if you would have told the 12 year old version myself i could listen to any song i wanted 
Do you know what I mean? Like with the click of a button? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Like I was the guy that was sitting there listening to like the FM radio and waiting to hit record on my uh, cassette player. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally, dude. Totally. I still have some of those tapes, like, you know, like mixtapes because you're waiting for your favorite song. Or you remember like waiting for the video that you were stoked to see? Like, oh, I can't wait till they play. Yeah. Filling the blank, you know, but like and you'd, you'd go two, three hours staring at the TV waiting to see a Twisted Sister video or a guy. God knows a run DMC video. Now you just go on YouTube. I mean, everything has just changed so dramatically and in particular with music. And I think it's starting to happen with, uh, with movies personally. I don't think it's to the movie like, like Titanic sinking level yet, but dude, there is water on the boat of the music of the movie industry, you know? Yeah, I mean, we saw it with uh, it's it's hurt movie sales. I think I remember. I don't know. Maybe it happened before this, but like Wolverine Origins, as horrible as a, as a movie that that it was, <laughs> it was horrible. But on the flip side, like it got uh, people were able to watch that online as it was in theaters. So it really hurt that movie as far as financially, and uh, a lot of pirates out there. So yeah, it, it's hurting everybody. Yeah, it's crazy. To give you give an example, um, I the movie came out on Tuesday. Um, uh, our film, The Bet, came out on Tuesday. So I kid you not, man, Wednesday night I went on Twitter and I just searched for The Bet. You know, who's talking about it? Right. You know, we're doing all sorts of promotion. And I found a site that was in a different language. It was a Twitter post in a different language, but it had a picture of our poster. So I'm all excited, Brian. I'm like, yo, this is great, dude. Another country heard about it, you know? like. <laughs> And I go and I click on the link and I'm like, oh, mother of God. You know what I mean? And it was a pirate site and they had posted a link to watch our entire film and it had not even been out for 48 hours. Hey, hey, Chris, don't tell our listeners that because our <laughs> listeners are cheap. I mean, they might, they, might, they might try to find that site. Don't do that. Well, you, you all, you, you criminals out there. Um, the good thing is that, you know, what I did is like, I was like, I know I can't stop this for long, but God damn it, I'm at least going to stop the first one. You know right, what I mean? Like right. the first one I'm going to try and fight and then it'll be too much. I did contact Twitter. They got right back to me and they actually uh, blocked the account. Oh, nice. Which, which I was really excited about. I thought it was cool that they actually gave a little bit of a shit. Do you know what I mean to move on that? Because we're a small operation, man. Like we're not like – I honestly like to be fair. I mean I'm a broke, you know, musician, movie guy, nerd. So to me it's like I'm all down for stealing everything from the big boys. But don't steal from the little guy, you know. But you can't prevent it, right? Like people don't care. Oh, yeah, I'll I'll see that movie with those wrestlers. I'm not paying for it. And it's just like they have no idea that some dude's living in his a garage and his life depends on that $4.99 rental. You know, it's so sad. I think there's – I think people are out there – actually hurting the uh, lives and careers of people that they look up to which is a real strange thing right yeah yeah it is strange it's like it's okay to like take for the big corporation but when it's the mom and pop store you kind of want to you know give back the extra change they gave you yeah exactly so quick question speaking of people we all look up to how did you get all the uh, cameos you had in the film there's like a lot of really famous people in in you know having cameos in this film yeah oh uh, dude you know one of the things we're really proud of is that and everything that you see in, in the film um, i'll name some of the people like we have chuck d from public enemy makes a cameo dave england from jackass Dion bashar from south park um the wrestlers of course you know uh ddp and roddy and uh jake the snake roberts tommy dreamer like 
those people, for the most part, they were all favors. Um, and uh, I, each one has a story, of course, you know. But what's neat about it is, I think a lot of people were just attracted to the energy that myself and others had about this film and how crazy the concept was. I mean, basically, I'm just some dude from a band who's telling everybody, "I'm going to make this movie," right? And I think that those people just literally um, just were like so. I don't want to say inspired, but we're so curious to see if we could actually pull it off, if that makes sense at all. You know what I mean? That mm. they were willing to be like, you know what, dude? If you actually make this thing, call me. Let let me see what I can do. And that's how a lot of those a lot of those happened. Um, the, the really exciting one, um, obviously, is uh, the Roddy Piper situation because it's you know we're getting a lot of attention right now because it's Roddy's last film appearance. And you guys saw the movie. Roddy's in it for a minute. You know, we're not trying to lie to anybody and saying he's starring in it, but it is technically his last actual appearance on on screen. So that whole started because uh, I um, when we wrote the script, Aaron and I, I I'm a huge wrestling fan, right? So I wanted the two dads to be wrestlers. Um, I had this vision. I just thought it'd be a funny bit for guys like you that know wrestling. Oh, that's you know, hey, that's funny. The two dads are wrestlers, right? Hmm. Um, so. Uh, I went after Piper first because I was a, a Piper fanatic. I think the guy's just a genius. I've always loved him. And I really – I sent him an email and if you can believe this, he emailed me back immediately. And I I think between me and you, I think he was pretending that he knew my band. I don't think he knew Army of Freshmen, but he said he did, right? So I was going to run with it. I wasn't going to convince him <laughs> if he had a mistake with somebody else, right? You know. So um, we, we emailed and we got on the phone and I told him about the film. And he said, yo, next time I'm in LA, maybe we can meet up. You can You can tell me a little more about it. Lo and behold, true to his word, this, the ultimate class act that guy was, but I get a call from Piper one day. Hey, Chris, I'm going to be in L.A. tomorrow. And we had just started casting the movie, so we kind of knew we were going to do this. So I left casting. I met Roddy Piper, and I had pizza with him at a pizza restaurant on Santa Monica Boulevard in Hollywood. And it was literally one of the most magical afternoons of my life. We just, like, broed down. You know, like, he was just a good – he was like an underdog guy. You know how there's people out there that just instinctively root for underdogs? I think he just thought it was so crazy what I was doing that he agreed to do the film if we made it. So um, when we were getting ready to make it, um, we cast him. We talked to his agent. We had him locked in. And he was actually going to play the role that uh, Jake the Snake Roberts plays. He was going to be the bad gourmet oh, wow. guy, right? Could you um, Now that you guys see it, could you see that a little bit, yeah. like watching the film? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Cool, I'm, cool. I, I'm a big fan of Roddy Roddy Piper, and I remember watching him on uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And loving him on that. And I, I felt like that's another reason that he was in this film too, because it felt like that kind of environment, that close knit. Yeah. Cause those guys are all friends that do the, that, that do It's Always and Sunny in Philadelphia. Uh huh. And, and, and he was such a comedy guy. I don't think a lot of people realized how funny he was, but so, um, so where, where this gets crazy is, uh, so Roddy was in, right? And if you, and then that led to Diamond Dallas Page because we needed another dad. I had a friend, Larry Longstreth, who's a director. He did a, uh, indie horror movie that had DDP in it. I called him. He put me in touch with DDP. I get a call from DDP and DDP says, yo, do you really, like, I'll do the DDP voice, like, hey, uh, Chris, uh, DDP. Uh, yo, you really got Roddy Piper in this movie? And I said, sir, we absolutely do. He's like, uh, okay, well, if that's the case, if you got him, I'll do it. So now we got DDP. So my two dads are Roddy Piper and DDP. And dude, I'm a pig and shit. I'm just like literally if the movie is a piece of crap, I just got these two guys in it. I'm thrilled, right? <laughs> oh, yes. yeah. This is where it turns ugly, man. I end up being on the long list of people that's got screwed by Vince McMahon. 
uh, if you can believe this, uh, days before we are set to shoot, um, Roddy Piper hits me up and says, Chris, I got to put you on standby. The WWE just called me. They made me need to do some promotional stuff on Raw because it was like the 25th anniversary of WrestleMania. Mm. So I'm like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. Lo and behold, day later, Chris, I'm so sorry. I can't do the film. Um, you know, I'm flying out to be on Raw. And, you know, dude, he's a wrestler. He's got to do what he's got to do. That's big for him, you know. Um, but, dude, it threw us in the shambles because now I'm like, we're going to lose DDP. He's not going to – the only reason he did was doing it was because Roddy was in it, right? So we call DDP. God bless him. He says, you know what? I'm still going to do the flick. Let's try and find another wrestler. He puts us in touch with his agent. We get on the phone with his agent. We're calling all sorts of people. I mean, we, re- we threw the paddle out there everywhere. You know, we tried Ted DiBiase. He had a booking. We tried Goldberg. He was $10,000 a day. We couldn't afford him. We tried Kevin Nash. He was like five grand a day. We couldn't afford him. And then ultimately, DDP says, well, what about Jake? Now, you have to understand here, if you, I know you guys are wrestling fans, but This is before the resurrection of Jake the Snake Roberts, okay? Mm -hmm. Word is out that he's clean and he's healthy, but I didn't know that for a fact, to be completely honest with you, right? So I'm terrified. Like, I'm thinking beyond the mat, Jake Roberts. I'm thinking, like, substance abuse guy that blows it on everything that he does. I mean, the stories about what he was putting through people through were hell, you know? So problem was we're 48 hours out, man. So, you know, what we did is we just – we just rolled the dice and said, hey, you know, DDP vouches for him, says he's doing great. Let's do it. Let's book him. Jake the Snake Roberts flies cross-country on literally like 24-hour notice. And the next day, he's in Ventura, California, filming the very first scenes of our movie. He doesn't even know what the damn script's about, dude. You know what I mean? We're just like putting lines in his hands. Hey, run with it, Jake. And he was a total gentleman. He was awesome. He was incredibly funny. Um, so in the midst of all that, um, you know, DDP comes out now, Roddy is in the film. So to go, to go back to Roddy really quick, what happened was Roddy calls me during filming and he says, Hey, Chris, I'm so sorry. We only, we filmed this over like 13 days, right? He calls and says, Chris, I'm so sorry. I, you know, um, really wanted to do the film, but I did call DDP to tell him to still do it. So Roddy was the guy that actually kind of saved the day, even though we didn't know it, right? So I go, Roddy, are you going to be in LA at all? We'd love to have you on this. It would, it would mean the world to me. Even if you just jump in and say, hey, I'm Roddy Piper for two seconds, right? And then leave, right? So this is what goes down. Roddy says, you know what? I'll do it. I'm going to pick me up tomorrow. I'll come up. Just throw me in a scene for a few seconds. Awesome. So lo and behold, Brian, Aaron, everybody's listening like it was one of the most magical days of my life. I drove to LA. I picked up one of my lifelong childhood heroes. We broed down all day. He came up. He filmed the scene. That's actually my actual mailbox where he filmed the scene at. He was amazing, incredible to everybody. He's hanging out at my house. We're drinking Cokes. He's letting me try on his Hall of Fame ring. I drive him all the way back to LA. We're stuck in traffic for hours. I'm just like on cloud nine. You know what I mean? Like oh, I, yeah. I could care less what happens with the movie. I'm just yeah. like, this is just a dream come true. And uh, true story, we're going into Hollywood and, and we really, really hit it off. And he says, uh, hey, pull over. We're on the corner of Hollywood and Vine, which is one of, it's like Times Square, right? It's five o'clock on a Friday. All hell's breaking loose. There's people everywhere. Roddy gets out of the car at a gas station, walks to the side of the gas station. Literally, there are hundreds of people everywhere. And he literally takes a 
fucking leak right there on the corner of Hollywood and Vine. <laughs> he calls me over. He's like, Chris, Chris, cover for me. I thinking like, I'm going to go to jail with my hero. You know what I mean? I'm going to be on TMZ, you know, arrested for public urination with Roddy Piper. Keep in mind, the man's completely sober here. It's not like a drunken incident, right? So he takes a leak. There's cars driving by doing double takes because they're probably like, is that fucking Roddy Piper peeing on the corner? You know? So um, Roddy hops in the car. I'm like, Roddy, we could have got arrested. What are you doing? He's like, honestly, this is so cool. He's like, uh, Chris, honestly, what's going to happen? They're going to see it's a hot rod. I'm going to shake a couple hands, take a pic. We would have been fine. And I'm just like, oh, my God. And it wasn't done in an egotistical way. It was just a very matter of fact. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I'm Hot Rod Roddy Piper. I'll pee where I please. So um, we kept in touch with Roddy, and he became a good friend. And it was really sad, obviously, when he passed away. It was I was, I was actually really devastated because we really began a friendship. He was one of those people that was just so kind and so wonderful. But um, that essentially is the story. I know it's a little long-winded, but that's how the wrestlers got involved. It literally started with one email to Roddy Roddy Piper and it ended up being not only Jake and DDP in the film but Roddy having a cameo and no matter what happens with this movie guys whether people like it or not I'm just honored that I got to be involved and make his last film you know what I mean like yeah. whatever it's it just means a lot to me and yeah. his daughter uh, came to the premiere last week and it was so cool she was such a wonderful person her name's Ariel Toomes she's actually a really good actress herself and a singer-songwriter as well. But it was so cool. When Roddy came on the screen, the whole audience started clapping. Instinctively just started clapping because I think they knew it was the last time they were going to see him like this. And it was just such a special moment to have his family there and to be a part of that. Like to me, if that's all the movie ends up being known for, you know, people don't find it funny. It's not successful, whatever. Hey, what the hell? You know, like it was a great story how Roddy did his last film. So I know that's a long answer for you, but that that's kind of how the wrestlers happened, you know? Yeah, that's, that's really, really cool. cool. So I wanted to say, uh, the, it's pretty funny. Yesterday I watched the movie, uh, huh. and then I was, uh, later in the night, I was watching, um, Roast Battle, the new, you know, this new Comedy Central show, yeah. and I saw Wiggins on the screen. Dude, uh, that's Amazing! You're the first person to make that connection, dude. That is absolutely awesome. We we actually just tweeted about that because tonight's the finale. But you literally recognized him. You knew it was him from the movie. Yes, I I was watching. And I was telling my girlfriend, I'm like, I know that guy, and I I swear to God, it looks like the same guy. So then I IMDb him, and I'm like, it's the same guy. Of course, it's the same guy. I knew it. Dude, that is so cool. I'm so happy to hear that because, like, that's those little things I think that you make when you make a tiny movie like this that you just hope dots get connected. Does that make sense? You know, you just hope somebody says, wait, is that that dude from that, from that? Like, I mean, it's really just a, it's a, it's a, it's a connect the dots game of just trying to get more awareness through your film through things like that. So the fact that you made that connection is super, super cool. Speaking of, what do you think of that show? I really like it actually. I I didn't think I was going to uh, cuz you know it's it on paper I thought it would be, you know, too um censored, but they don't really censor anything in that show and so far I I've, I've really enjoyed it. Dude, it's uh, some of those jokes are like holy shit. Like head like like you said like about as uncensored as it can get. I I think it's a pretty fun concept. I like the show. It'll be interesting to see if they bring it back, you know. Yeah, I watched an episode last night that had, uh, well, I mean, Steve Renazizi was on it, and the person that was battling him literally made fun of him for saying he was in 9-11 the entire time. Yeah. And I, 
so brutal. Yeah. I could not believe it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there were 9-11 jokes and Holocaust jokes. And I mean, I, again, I, whether somebody finds humor in that is up to, you know, the uh, joke listener teller. But I just thought it was cool that they went for it. it. It really felt like it was no holds barred. But yeah, Jeremiah, who is Wiggins in the film, is uh, is on that show. And I'm bummed he's not one of the comedians, man. He's doing like that wave thing where he runs up and does bits. But dude, he is a killer stand-up. If you yeah, ever I, get a chance to see that guy live stand up, I, I can't recommend it enough. He does impressions, and he's he's just one of I think several real funny people in the movie. I ended up looking him up, and he's he's tied to a lot of big comedians. Like I see pictures of him with Louis C.K. and you know he did um, I guess some videos with uh, Tony Hinchcliffe, who is one of the the you know the roasters, and I'm sure he goes you know I'm sure he goes to the comedy store and does the actual original roast battles that. Yeah. They do there. So I'm sure he'll be on eventually, but yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a great guy. And with the casting for the film, we really tried to find good people, man. Like I hope like, you know, at least again, with the minimal budget that we had, what we tried to do is like kind of find like some hidden gems. Like we really, a lot of the smaller movies, when you see an indie movie, it just kind of feels like a dude cast all his buddies. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it just feels like, yeah. okay, cool. They didn't have much of a budget, but our, our Reza, the, uh, the producer's relationship with a lot of stand-ups, uh, Ryan's relationship, our director with some of the actors. Uh, we just kind of really pulled all the favors and a lot of people are in this for like, like no money. Do you know what I mean? Like they were guys that normally get like a thousand bucks a day were getting 50 bucks a day, but they just really thought that the money, the movie was funny. And I think they saw a lot of our passion for it. And it was, it's just great. Our two leads, Alex, who I think we're getting ready to talk to, um, he just got cast in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Our female lead, Amanda, is, uh, cast in the Martin Scorsese movie Bleed for this, which is coming out later this year with Miles Teller. Um, Yasser, uh, Lester, who plays Ed McDougal, he, is on HBO's Girls. He's got a Fox sitcom coming on. So one of the neat things about these indie type movies is there's a world where you can get a couple people that maybe when you get them, you know, not a lot's going on. But if they're talented, there's a world where two years later, by the time your movie comes out, you know, there's a chance that there could be more happening. So um, I love that stuff. I, I love that kind of underdog, all these people getting together to make something happen. And I, I really hope a lot of the people that you see in it, obviously it already happened with Jeremiah, but I hope you see a lot more of them, you know? Wow. You just said Scorsese and yeah, Miles right. and Miles Teller. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. Amanda Clayton, who's the lead in our film, um, is in a Scorsese movie with Miles Teller that's coming out later this year. So that poor girl, I mean, she's in like a freaking indie raunch com, you know what I mean? And then she's <laughs> going to be like in an Oscar nominated movie. But she, I think she's an incredible actress. She's just a great person. And she was a cold cast, dude. A lot of the people, like I told you, were connections because you cast people you can trust, you know, when you're doing something so small. But she just came in on essentially an open audition. We got a headshot. She looked cute. She had a bit part in John Carter, the Disney bomb so we we're like oh, okay somebody cast her in something big and uh boom uh you know we got her in the flick and now she has all sorts of stuff going on so i'm just so proud of the cast just a lot of great people hey chris i hate to interrupt you but we have a phone call coming in uh who just joined the phone call it's a me it's alex <laughs> well <That was> my <laughs> shitty shitty wario forgive it please <laughs> that was actually What's pretty good guys? 
I'm not going to lie. That was actually a pretty good uh, Mario. That was, a, that was a D. I'll give that a D. Let's be honest. No, that, was, that, that, was a, that was a B, Alex. You should give yourself more All credit. Right. You know? All right. Cool, cool. I did think it was Mario and not Wario. So. I know. I kind of jumped the gun. I should have put more malevolence under it. <laughs> yeah, I'm with Jake. I'm definitely seeing uh, – that was Mario all the way. Yeah, I think that was. Like, okay. You went a little too deep on the record there. That was like too hardcore, you know? That was it. Was a deep cut. It's true. It's true. <laughs> what? How are you guys doing? Doing good. 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 Thank Tell God. Thank God, Alex, you're here to save us from Chris. I'm kidding. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I've been just. I've been killing monsters. Shut up, Alex. But no, man, we're having a great time, dude. Where Where are you right now, Alex? Are you on the move somewhere? Are you stationary? Uh, yeah. Can you tell? Do a little bit of huffing and puffing. I can be stationary. I'm just walking up and down the street because I get off. Are you playing Pokemon yeah. Go? <laughs> I was getting ready to ask you, you catching Pokemon. <laughs> no, I'm not. Am I playing it right this very moment? Yes. But am I playing it? Was I playing it ten minutes ago? Yes. Also, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, stationary. All right. Hopefully, some good ones show up standing yeah. still. Great, we got everybody still. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Cool, 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 cool. Alex. Oh man, a Lapras must have showed up. Yeah. Alex, Alex took <laughs> off. Yeah, <laughs> we lost him immediately. Oh god, he stood still and hung up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he'll be coming back. Yeah, that's fine. So. I wanted to say, um, wait, are we all here? Sorry, this is a lot is going on. <laughs> so many voices. This, this is the part of the podcast when you listen to it as you're going to sleep where new voices enter the conversation and it fucks up your dreams. For <laughs> um, I did want to say for, you know, knowing that it was a, a low budget film, the production quality was actually really, really high on it. I went in thinking, you know, low budget comedy. It would be kind of low budget in terms of the the cinematography and all that, but it 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 looked really good, and all the acting was actually really really top notch. Man, thank you so much. I mean, we just tried so hard, man. I mean, it was kind of our first rodeo, so we just we just tried to surround ourselves with. Time out. Time in. All right, hey uh, Alex, welcome to the phone call again. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, yeah. Um, we have all – you are joined uh, – my name is Brian. Uh, you're joined by Jake. Hi. And, hey. uh, Aaron, Hi. and Aaron Claude Miller. Hello. Hey, guys. Hey. And, of course, you know Chris. So Chris is on I with do. us as him. well. Uh, but uh, we all got a chance to see your new movie, The Bet. And uh, – and uh, you were the lead actor in this film, and so it's a, it's a privilege to be talking to you right now. Uh, I think we we all we really all enjoyed your performance. You were fantastic. Oh, thanks, guys. That's really nice. I'm sorry, it sounds like I'm in traffic right now, but that's only because I sort of am. So I'm here. <laughs> I'm a place to sit and be quieter. Uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks for watching. It was. Um, Man, was that a fun movie to make? I don't know if you could tell, but it wasn't the worst thing in the world to do. Oh, I'm yeah, sure. It seemed like fun. Yeah. You guys all seemed like you got along really well, actually. The the main cast, yeah. at least. I mean, yeah, not that actually people, everybody did. Yeah, I was to say, not that people did it. I just feel like the main cast were probably together most often and were on screen together. And you guys had good chemistry. Oh, thanks, thanks. Man. Yeah, they're all good, super funny people. Are you a big so wrestling brilliant. guy? Are you a big wrestling yeah. guy, Alex? Did you enjoy being with all those guys? 
it was weird. It was so weird. It was not something I ever imagined would happen. You know, like, I don't know. I grew up watching wrestling on Saturdays, like every kid. And then, like, my, uh, like, the, towards the, like, my college years. No, no, no. I must have been, like, last couple of, uh, remember when Nitro was huge? Like, 2001? Yeah, yeah. 2002, like, the last, last couple of years where it was just like, oh, my God, Monday night, I don't have any plans. Not that I had plans in high school that were that important, but Monday nights were, like, cleared. And I was like, Nitro, Nitro. So, yeah, I've been a wrestling fan for a long time. And then, you know. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. Like, when I heard what the cast was, I was like, I can't believe that we have these guys in this movie. I didn't, it, it's kind of hard to fathom. Oh, yeah. And if you're a Nitro like guy, you know? If you're a Nitro yeah. guy, like, DDP's about as big as you can get. Yeah. Yeah, he was. He was. And before that, before I, I was a WCW guy, I was obviously a WWF guy. So, like, all those guys, like, Roddy Piper, are you fucking kidding me? And Jake the Snake, I didn't, I didn't know what to expect from him just because everybody knows, you know, Beyond the Mat was a huge thing. And I was like, wow, what's this guy going to be like? I don't know. And the wrestler of the movie was essentially loosely based on him. So I was like, I don't know what we're expecting, but it was it was just awesome. Super awesome. Yeah, I think this movie did Jake the Snake a lot of good. I think we all had that Beyond the Mat perception after seeing that movie. So it's nice to see right. him looking so, so well and delivering those lines yeah. so well and everything. And Brian, actually, I want to say, I don't know how many episodes ago, but you actually reviewed uh, the resurrection of Jake the Snake on uh, Pop Culture Leftovers, right? Yeah, Brian did. Brian just had to run away real quick. He's going to oh, be right okay. back. Yeah, he, he actually really liked it, as as I recall, at least. I believe he gave it the highest rating possible. So Yes, he pretty, gave it. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty timely to see all the, you know, those two guys together in a, in like a film, you know, a fictional film. So that's nice. You know what's interesting? It's like this is kind of the companion piece to Resurrection. In a yeah. Like, now that he's cleaned up and everything's cool, like, hey, look what they did after that. I mean, in a weird way, it's like, what would you call it, Alex? Kind of like, you know, the uh, the, uh, the, the, the real funny brother of Resurrection, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's, the, it's the proof. Yeah. The less tear-jerking one. Yeah, yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Like, Resurrection was heavy. It was like, oh, man, because I there were points watching Resurrection, I was like, we were kind of living that with those guys. Like, we were right in the thick of them finding, you know, figuring each other out still. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, you go in, in Resurrection, which I think is really well done and was really well documented and, you know, had a, I don't know, it just kind of, it, it colored not just what sickness and addiction is, but like it really humanized, and I barely ever get to humanize wrestlers. And I think Jake got a really good you know, really, uh, uh, sorry, I'm getting a little feedback here. Oh, you're, you sound good. You it's sound weird fine. Skype thing. Okay, cool. I had Optimus Prime voice for a second. I could hear it. Oh, uh, if, hey, if I ever sounded like Peter Cullen, I would be thrilled to death. Yeah. <laughs> that guy's voice is that amazing. dude was the best. He's gone, isn't he? Didn't no. he pass away? No, 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 no. And he's coming back and he's doing uh, Transformers 5. Thank God Mark Wahlberg's coming back, back for that. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Wait. Did he do? Uh, did he do Lino also? Uh, Lino. It was actually uh, Larry Kenny, who I actually met a couple years ago. Uh, Larry okay. Kenny was the voice of Lino. He was the voice of uh, Dungeon Master, or the, the oh. in in Dungeons and Dragons cartoon. Yeah, that's awesome. I used to have those figures. They were like, I don't know if you guys collect figures, but I'm a big giant nerd, so I I've been I collect vintage stuff and. Those were like these LJ and these shitty action figures that were just terrible. 
Yeah, and then those like battlematic things. <laughs> but the bad guy, I had those Alex too, the, the Dungeons and Dragons figures. There was yeah, a bad yeah, guy yeah. that didn't have a shirt who had like the kind of a blue kind of like horn demon helmet, which is actually pretty badass. Does that ring a bell at all? Kind of. I remember the dwarf figure too. The dwarf figure was pretty Oh, awesome. come on. Guys, you got to talk about the, what was it, like the three-headed, six-headed dragon Tiamat? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that was the, but that was the playset though, right? That was a playset that nobody could afford. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Do you I remember think... just playsets? And when we were kids, they were just like a, like, uh, what was it? The G.I. Joe shuttle? Oh, there the, was, uh, oh, the yeah. helicarrier. There was the helicarrier yeah. and then the G.I. Joe shuttle. Yeah, the, oh my yeah, gosh. It was like $40,000. No kid could ever <laughs> afford that ever. Oh, it was, always... it was six foot long. They always yeah, made the commercials. They made the commercials look like you needed the the entire playset to really enjoy those toys because like <laughs> yeah, those kids in the commercials were having full on wars. <laughs> Do you guys remember the J.C. Penny catalog where they? Oh had, yeah! Oh my oh, gosh! Yeah. Dude, yeah. Was, yeah. It, was, was it the what's the wish book? Was that Macy's or was that Best or was that J.C. Penny? J.C. Penny. Oh yeah. The, what was the, the Montgomery wish- Ward one? They had one also. Like, there was a Montgomery Ward one, and you could check stuff off. And I was like, all right, Imperial Shuttle's coming out. I'm free, but this is exciting for me. <laughs> yeah. I think by the time I turned 13, though, I was flipping to the bra section. I'm just being honest. <laughs> <laughs> but that was the best thing about the Wish Book was because it, like, transitioned your interest. You know what I mean? Like, you <laughs> That's would, like, true. Okay. You know? Yeah, it was almost like you could kind of like learn how to be a man just by owning the wish book. <laughs> oh, oh, trust me. Hey, Chris, you're preaching to the choir, Chief. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we're all cut from the same sad cloth, apparently. <laughs> so you guys got laid a lot in high school, too? Is that what happened? Oh, <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I had a Green Lantern shirt that was just vagina deflector back then. I was like, I'm ever touching a girl's boob in this shirt. <laughs> I mean, now you can get away with that stuff, but back Yeah, back. you know, it's funny how that changes. Because I don't think any of us grew up in a time where reading comics was cool. You know, like right. it was like a dirty, it was like, like being in the closet. It was a dirty little secret. And like, I don't know if you, there was, you could be a day walker and you could play sports and do that and kind of be, but in general, like I was like, I knew comics they were something that was so important and interesting to me, but it was so rare to find people that really, really shared it, you know, really shared the love for it. Yeah, we didn't have the internet. We didn't have the internet back then either. So it was like, you you couldn't find these people and we couldn't connect. I mean, it was all about like the uh, brick and mortar comic book store experience. You had to go there to find it. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah, It made for like a cooler kid though, in a weird way. You know, I just feel like yeah. it's so easy now. Like, you know, like people go to Comic Con and I, I, it's just so strange that that never existed. Like, I remember just like there was the one guy like, oh, my God, you like comics. And the friendship was so deep and important because you found that one kid that loved Harry and the Hendersons or Star Wars or Monster Squad. And suddenly you didn't feel so alone. Now these these millennials just they know they're not alone. And I think that's a problem, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I've well, read it now. Yeah, and they can complain on that. It's funny because, like, I remember cons. Any any con I went to when I was a kid was like, it was either shit, like guys who've been in the comic business for decades and hated it, <laughs> and were selling stuff that you know, or it was hentai. It was like one of the two. Oh. <laughs> like, well, all right, hits both my interests. Perfect. So what I'm saying, cons back then were better. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, I got no argument with either. <laughs> 
<laughs> Real quick, one last thing I wanted to nerd out on is uh, I'm not sure how you pronounce his name, but in your movie, I nerded out super hard when I saw Chota Boy f- from Orgasmo. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's Dion. Dion Bacar. He's awesome. That guy is cool as shit. Just a class act. And you know what's interesting about him, uh, and Alex can attest to this more than me, but he's actually a really good actor. And I yeah, really, yeah. and he would admit to this, but he's been typecast really bad because of those South Park movies. And he has a lot of trouble getting work because he's constantly considered just the squeaky little sidekick. And he's actually an incredibly talented actor. I don't, I mean, did you have that experience with them, Alex? Were you impressed when you worked with them? Yeah. Well, I've been, a, I was a, it's funny because Ron Jeremy came to uh, the premiere of the bet also and I was like, holy shit, this is half the cast of Orgasmo. I can't <laughs> fucking believe this right now. And I remember seeing Dion in that and he was so endearing as Kenny the Little Bitch. Like that was the character he was <laughs> playing the whole time. And it was he was just, he was so, I don't know, he was so honest. And I remember thinking that as a kid. I was like, this guy's fucking good. I wonder when I'm going to see him. Even as a kid, I thought that. And then. You know, I hadn't seen him a lot. I, I don't know what, what sort of work he's been doing. I know he's done a lot of theater, I think. But uh, I, I don't know film or TV what he's done recently. Yeah, I, I, but it was I, really I, cool to have him. That was one of those – we wanted a couple yeah. of those colorful faces where literally guys like you – like you're basically our target market, let's be honest, at this point. you know. <laughs> um, so like guys like you would, 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 would be stoked to see that. Like, oh my god. Like we literally – like we got a guy from the Jackass series. We got a guy from the South Park world. Like we have these people that kind of like touched um, our, us comedically. You know, and we got like a little trace of that. So I really think the music – the movie – I don't want to say harkens to those comedies, but kind of like pays respect to them in a way by having some of these faces that are guys we all grew up with. Okay, you know? who who was the creepy barista? Was that the jackass guy? <laughs> yes, 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 Dave yes, England. Yes, yes. Yep. Yes. Yep. <laughs> oh my god, I love that character. I was like, I don't yep. know what he's doing, but I love it. It's hilarious. <laughs> yes, that's yeah, David. He was, like, he was the world the whole time. Yeah, he considers himself the world's first professional pooer. He's the first man ever to uh, get paid to poo on camera. Um, <laughs> I'm sure there's been some German porno where that occurred, but I think he's the first American <laughs> actor ever to do that. Oh, German Scheiße videos. <laughs> Scheiße. I used to go to cons for that. Too. <laughs> and they were better back then, too. You know, the they poop were was just better. <laughs> I like the grit of, like, you know, of a videotape. It's just different. Yeah. It's just yeah. like home. for these damn millennials with their Ezer Scheiser videos, you know. <laughs> you just go to Scheiser.com and just stream it directly. So yeah, we used to have to I'm bury our hungry, you guys. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, uh, um, Chris, uh, you t- you were talking to me about Alex and how Alex is like really uh, involved in like the geek community and like. Does he? Did you say he does sculpting? Was that was that his like? Yeah. So I'll, I'll tell you about Alex real quick. Alex, tell me. We're on set. He goes, Chris, Chris, check out this new thing I'm working on. I'm thinking it's going to be I don't know a script or a novel or something, and it's a goddamn like sculpted bust of Batman, but it actually looks like a beautiful work of art. You know, not like like holy fucking shit, like who made this? And I was so impressed with him, but on the flip side, I'm like. 
holy shit, that's how this guy spends his free time? You know, I was like, what a nerd. <laughs> like a lonely psychopath, yeah. Yeah, totally. I'm like, this is like one step removed from Ted Bundy. But, um, no. <laughs> All right, next thing he's going to be asking me to put the lotion in the basket. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah it's like, this is what I do in my free time. But, Alex, please talk about that because I don't think you are known for that. You're known as an actor, but you're an incredibly talented sculptor, oddly enough. Oh. Uh, yeah, I just, uh, that was the thing, you know, like, I don't know if you know this, but if you're an actor, most of the time you're not acting. You're waiting for jobs or waiting for auditions. So you got a lot of free time to kill. And I, you know, I served like 80 years serving tables and it sucked. It's like, I just don't want to do this anymore. So I started to be part of this online sculpting community. Again, like the best thing about, I would have never known this 12 years ago, you know, that a sculpting community exists. And it's all online, so I, you know, I started showing my stuff out there, and then I started to get commissions, and it's mostly superhero sci-fi stuff, and you know the stuff I love. So I got to work for uh, I don't know. Have you guys ever heard of Electric Tiki? No. Uh, they're at you know you know Sideshow Collectibles. Oh yeah, yes, yes, oh yes. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So they were they were an offshoot of them, and that was one of the biggest things that had happened to me in a long time, and. I was working for this guy named Jason Pearson, who writes a comic called Body Bags. And we were going to do something through Electric Tiki, and it fell through. So it was like my tangent to Sideshow. But then I just started doing my own stuff, and it kind of turned into a little business. Do you have cool. Do you have like an Instagram or a DeviantArt or something that our listeners can check out? Yeah, actually, it's, it's just my uh, Instagram. It's AlexKlein1. Okay, Alex Klein won. So Alex Klein yeah. was actually taken? <laughs> yeah, it was. There's a there's a very famous oboist and I'm not him. Yeah, I actually I actually ran into him while Trump while while looking you up the oboist. I was like, oh, no, that's not him." <laughs> so did I. So that's not that's cool. not that's not a joke. That's he's No, that's a, a real that's a deadly real thing, yeah. Is there such well, thing as a famous oboist? Yeah, his name's Alex yeah, Klein. Alex Klein. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, guys, come on, seriously, like, that's what I was jamming to on the way here. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, I, I was listening to him on Spotify, so it wasn't making any money. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, it's probably the first time, it, you know, anyone's ever said the phrase, that guy shreds on oboe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at your Instagram right now, and this, this joker is amazing. Oh, thanks, man. Nice. You do yeah, mostly you DC stuff? What's that? Mostly DC Sorry, stuff, I'm... Alex? Yeah, no, I'm actually, um, I'm a Marvel guy, but I'm, I'm a, I'm Batman almost first. I don't know. It's, it's so, I think I'm a Marvel universe guy, but I'm, I'm like a, like Batman's the dude. Hold on, the hold dude. on. Are you saying you're a Marvel guy just because you're in a little movie called Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, possibly? I have no idea what you're talking about. Segue. Good segue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that doesn't hurt this. That doesn't hurt my scenario. But I actually grew up being a Marvel guy. I don't know. Like you, you guys read comics through. Like DC didn't. I think they had best they had great single stories you know like the alan moore stuff or watchmen or you know things like that but i thought marvel throughout the years kept the the fidelity of the characters better i just i like the characters better i agree marvel okay. kept you reading you could drop and get on a dc comic whenever you wanted but it was like once yeah. you were on to marvel you were locked onto marvel yeah yeah and i think the characters didn't change you know superman didn't change much he hasn't changed much since alan alan moore's you know uh what's it called the, the whatever happened to man of tomorrow 
Oh, is that it? yeah, 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 that's it. Yeah, so that was like the big shift, you know, the Alan Moore years. And then eventually he was just kind of milk toast for a long time. The Jerry Ordway stuff was cool. And then, he, you know, they kill him and bring him back. But then there was no real change in the, who the character was. And I thought, I thought, re- I thought, uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no one said anything. Nobody said anything. Oh, geez, I'm getting my own feedback. This is what insanity feels like. <laughs> um, so I, I kind of felt like when Mark Wade came in and, and Lionel Yu, the Superman, um, what was it called? Was it Rebirth? Red Sun? That's no. the Mark Miller no, no, boss. No. Mark Miller. Yeah, not Mark Wade. The Mark Wade, it was Lionel Yu stuff. It kind of just re- re- revamped his... Uh, his origin. And I was like, this is good. It's modernized, but he's just such a tough character. Like I, I was listening to your guys' podcast on justice league. And I was like, this is such a, this is, I haven't seen Batman versus, sorry, I'm going on a ton of chances. I haven't seen Batman versus Superman yet because I don't like Zack Snyder as the architect for those characters. Mm-hmm. So I started when I watched man of steel, I was like, this isn't, this isn't a powerful Superman. He's just a hard character to nail down. And so I, I don't know. I don't even know where I'm going with this. I'm just thinking, yeah, so I'm a Marvel guy. You're a Marvel guy, <laughs> which I honestly feel like you went on that whole tangent just to uh, skirt around the fact that you're in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Is that right? Oh, that's right. That's that part. That's true. <laughs> well, um, come yeah, on. I play this character named Zylak. Uh, there's not a lot I can really talk about. They're sure. Pretty, I mean, Disney doesn't mess around. You know, they'll bug your house. Yeah, you've um, got not, you, you probably signed a non-disclosure agreement upon a non-disclosure agreement, right? That's exactly what it is. Yeah. You have to sign this thing. You have to, they give you a, a, a passcode. They give you this passcode so you can go on. It's almost like Mission Impossible. Like after, after like 24 hours, it goes away. It's, it's this weird kind of, I don't know. What do you call it when, when like there's a, when there's a passcode and there's an expiration date? I guess a day later. <laughs> was it was it nice working with Gunn? I know he's a big comic guy. Did you get to talk comics with Gunn yeah, at all? He's awesome. He's awesome. I don't know. Are you guys trauma film fans? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I was a big fan of Gunn okay. before he got his big break with yeah. a lot of his stuff. Super. Gotcha. We we're big fans of Super. Yeah, the, the, the dude's incredible, and he's super funny and super smart. And you know, I had this part where I, I'm a pseudo bad guy in it and I do bad guy things, but he just lets you play. Man. So you might, guy. you might be a ravager. I, I could possibly <laughs> be a ravager. I'm not saying yes. I'm definitely not saying yes. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Did you get to meet <laughs> Sylvester Stallone? No, I didn't actually. Uh, I didn't. Okay. My day shooting was a lot of, um, a lot of green screening going on. Okay. And a lot of blue screening going on. So it was me in a pod. God, I, I don't know if I can say this. I'm saying it. I already said it. <laughs> um, it's me in a pot, and uh, I'm I'm sh- shooting some stuff. Okay, shooting some stuff in a pod. <laughs> nice. Yeah, there you go. Compelling. I know. All right. Uh, you know, honestly, I think you've spoiled the whole movie for me. I don't even want to see <laughs> yeah. the damn thing now. now. You know the script. Yeah, you just you just saved me twelve bucks. That's good stuff. <laughs> Dude, that's that's totally the part where the phone goes dead and nobody ever hears from Alex. <laughs> <laughs> a muffled gunshot. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be the best thing that happens, the promotion of our movie when the lead actor disappears after revealing secrets on pop culture left. <laughs> yeah. From now on we only know who the oboe is the oboe guy is. We don't we don't know. Yeah. 
that oboe guy's going to get a ton of hits tonight. <laughs> Actually, unfortunately, he's the one they killed. <laughs> oh. Oh, man. Dude, that's amazing. Oh, man. I can't wait for that fucking movie. It's going to be called, like, The Final Note. <laughs> Yeah, totally. Like did it. who like uh, other than James Gunn? Like who did you get to meet on set that uh, that you really wanted to meet? Did you meet anybody? Uh, you know, I, my scene happens to be across from the whole the whole crew of you know of Bautista uh, and and Pratt and Zoe Saldana and all them. But it's uh, I it's they shot it on a different day. Okay, so I'm doing these reactions and doing these things and. They're doing their reactions and things on separate days. So well, you know we're going to just acting across the green stream. You know we're going to report on this huge scoop that you were in a pod. I mean that's going to be all <laughs> yeah, over the internet now. Now was uh, it one I of those? Shot uh, myself in the foot. <laughs> was it one of those storage boxes you get dropped at your house, like that kind of thing, or was was the pod? No, it looks. Oh man. No, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Those things are, those <laughs> yeah, things but are... I'm like, a, I'm a, like, yeah, let me tell you about this best thing in the world. Guys, it's, we... Uh, it looked like a, you know what? It kind of looked like a, a Bowflex that they kind of tinkered with. And it was, was a lot of It kind of looked like a... I'm sorry, let me hold on one sec. Guys, we, we, have, we have somebody else joining us right now. We have a third right. party. Yes, we have somebody else joining us. Uh, Mr. Jerry Bedknob, welcome to Pop Culture yeah, Leftovers. Jerry. Oh. Hey, Jerry. Thanks. Hey, 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 what's up, man? Uh, we what's are going so, on, man? We are so excited to talk to you, Jerry. I mean, I, I'm going to I'm gonna throw it out there. You you in this movie, you are a scene stealer. I'm just going to throw it out there. Agreed. <laughs> well, that should raise up. That should raise up my residual checks from now on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I passed the news to SAG. Okay, so do what happens. Don't hold on, guys. I'm going to be talking about this movie tonight. I'm doing the Frasier Switch show at 10 30, and I'm going to be talking about the bet. So. Awesome. Well, hey Jerry, this is uh, this is Chris from the movie and Alex from the movie, and uh, we are with the podcast Pop Culture Leftovers. Oh, okay. Okay. That's, 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 I'm from Bangladesh. I'm used to that so. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, we're the scraps of podcasts. Yeah. yeah. Now, now tell me um, what I'm, I'm going to be mentioning in the movie tonight. The story basically is how many girls he was supposed to um, get, uh, get laid with so many 12 girls, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He is banging a bunch of chicks in this movie, like up to twelve, right? Yeah, I guess I remember. And then is this because his his house was was in foreclosure, and to save it, he had to do this, right? Yes, yes, you got yeah. it. Yeah. Okay, good. That old yarn. Oh, that's a good idea. That should be interesting to talk about. Okay. I'm telling. If my house was in foreclosure and I had to bang uh, twelve chicks, I would. I'm. T- I'm telling you, I'm going to lose my house. Yeah. Why? You mean you can't find twelve chicks? I'm telling you, I am not as sexy as Mr. Alex Klein. That's what I'm saying. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> yeah, but Just, it doesn't matter what chicks. It could be homeless. I really go homeless. <laughs> <laughs> oh, whoa. whoa, I'm not going to know. Whoa, you're telling me to go bang some homeless chicks? 
Yeah, because I do it. My house is almost, I'm homeless now because I have no fucking house. <laughs> I think it would relate to me. It would be easier. I'm not going to argue with you. you. I think you're 100% right. <laughs> Did you say it looks easy? Is that what he said? Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I really, there was no fight on any on any person. Like, I, it was pretty easy. I just kind of went in, and it'd be a, a slight montage, and I'd have messed up hair. And I'd come out and be like, that dude had sex. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I wish, I wish it was that easy, guys. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I I go in messed up hair. Doesn't matter. That just means I probably slept wrong. <laughs> you go in with messed up hair. You come out with like a perfect haircut. <laughs> yeah, that guy. That's not that guy interesting a story. Did not have sex, but his hair looks way better now. <laughs> Shit! I get the. I'm getting the worst service, guys. I'm. Partially hearing Jerry, I think. Well, yeah. that's, well that's, that's a good, good service if you're hearing me. <laughs> well, what'd you say? <laughs> I said, I, no, I think you got, um, some girls should give him a harder time. That's a movie, you have to get, you know, just the, the length of the movie to stretch it. But in, re, in reality, you got to right. get. We still got everyone? I think everybody's still here with us. Okay. Yeah. I'm definitely here. I'm just having I'm having problems, guys. Sorry about this. Oh, you're, you're talking into the ether. You're fine, Alex. Yeah, you sound great. Okay. I, I'm I'm tell, I'm telling you, like, uh Jerry Bedknob, if you ever held a knife to my throat <laughs> I oh my gosh, I am I am I'm trying to get away from you. You were terrifying in this film. Did we, Jerry, did you did. It looked. It was pretty close to Paul's throat eighty-five percent of the time. <laughs> was that a real knife? It sure was. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. Did we? Who's Jerry? Jerry, you still there? I think we lost. I'm him. here. Uh oh. Well, I will say that scene. I probably laughed the hardest just because it shocked me. I was not ready for that knife because it was gigantic. <laughs> Dude, yeah. I'll tell you guys about that real quick. I mean, obviously, you can edit the shit out of this, right? You'll be able to clean it up. Of course. Okay, cool. So anyways, so with that Jerry scene, I don't know if he's coming back or not. So true story. They're, they're doing the scene, and he's doing it with an actor, Paul and Michael. And uh, he goes to me. We're in my house. That's in my garage where I'm actually talking to you right now. And he says, hey, Chris, do you have a knife? I have an idea. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, a real knife? Because we didn't have a fake knife. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, go get me a knife. Get me a knife. So I bring him a knife. He says, it's too small. Bring me a bigger knife. I don't even know what he's doing. So I get the biggest knife in the kitchen. Give it to him. Jerry actually hid that in his shirt. So when he pulls that out in the film, I think Alex was there to attest to this. Literally, everybody was completely shocked. He actually pulled out a real butcher knife from a kitchen and held it up to the guy's throat. Like, Jerry's fearless. He doesn't give a shit. You know, it's anything for the laugh with that guy, you know, which is, I'm sure on a bigger set would be completely illegal and violently dangerous, but we kind of cross the lines a lot, you know. So the actor that he put the, pulled the knife on didn't even know it was coming? Hundred percent had no clue. Oh, yeah. that's that's hilarious. That makes it even more funny. <laughs> yeah, not, yeah. 
not a lot of stories end well that start with, uh, get me a knife. I have an idea. <laughs> <laughs> you see the fear of God in Paul's eyes, too, if you watch. Yeah. You look at him looking at the knife. His eyes are like dish plates. It's like, oh, that's pretty fucking method. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was straight. Uh, you know, he improvised that all along. And then obviously, like, hey, let's do it again, Jerry. Let's not bring it so close to his throat. But I think the scene that got kept was the actual one, the first one, because it was so authentic, you know? <laughs> well, those two actors uh, did a pretty good job of going with the flow, because if they had no yeah. idea that was coming, you... Yeah, yeah, that's and and Jerry is um as you can tell from the the one minute phone call with him he's all, he is <laughs> he 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 goes with the he just goes for it you got to kind of follow his lead if that makes sense you know so yes. those guys did a great job of improving with him and staying with them Michael and Paul are two again great actors that we think a lot of wonderful things are going to happen for but Jerry gave yeah. them a run for their money it was like fifteen minutes of them trying to follow him and work with him and you know Jerry's just got. Time out. Time in. All right. Hey, Alex. Um, I mean, we watched the movie, and and I thought, I, honestly, I thought it was pretty hysterical. I, I love the the <laughs> role. I honestly, it's a perfect match of like romance and raunch, and um, awesome. I, I thought it was fantastic. I love I love it when a uh, the writers, the directors, the actors. They go for it. They don't care about that PG thirteen. Oh, we got to get the money. They go. They go for it. They go that Deadpool Ryan Reynolds route, and they go for it. And I thought you guys went for it, and I've got to applaud you for it. I, I thought it was fantastic. Well, that's really nice of you, and I think we are on par with Deadpool. We might be a better film, in fact. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, uh, I honestly like that. We, you know. We had to, like, we didn't, and all the ratings and stuff, we didn't, I think we're an unrated movie, so yeah. we don't have to worry about that, but we, you know, we're like, we're guerrilla style making this thing, man, we got like a dollar fifty to make this film, and we got a lot of talented people behind it, so let's stretch that dollar fifty, make it look like, you know, ten. Yeah. And so we did our best, and we just, one of Ryan, Ryan the director, um, he, one of the things he said when we got on set, he's like, just the best idea wins. So let's just whatever whatever fills the story and whatever the best idea is, whatever the best joke is, that's what we're using. And I think we we kind of adhered to that the whole time. And I think there's some really funny original. You know, it's, it's got a lot of the formula of like a Porky's or a or almost a Revenge of the Nerds quality or any of those throwback you know comedies from the eighties and nineties. But I think it has some really really funny original jokes in it. And yeah, I'm really proud of this. Well. The funny thing, like, okay, for us, like, growing up, like, yeah, Porky's was that comedy. But for right. the millennials that are growing up now, this is their first exposure, and you guys definitely could be that movie for them going forward. Um, oh, right on. And I think you're going to hear that in the future. You're going to hear – I'm saying 10, 15 years from now, you're going to have people coming up to you saying, I watched this movie – Oh my gosh, you have no idea what this movie meant to me watching it as like a, a 12 year old, 13 year old. I, I'm telling you, it's going to happen to you, man. And then I'll be like, yeah, but can, can you spare some change? I just need a cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you never know. And that's the thing is about making movies. You never yeah. know what your legacy will be. You know, you know, you go to school for it and you're like, yeah, I'm going to do Shakespeare till I'm dead. And then you don't. You're like, you know, you say a co-star on a television show. You're like, yeah, would you like a hot dog or a hamburger? You know, like that sort of thing. Well, so like I, if this is, 
Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, Alex, I, I, I honestly, I think like, I'm looking at your career, like, I know a couple guys that are in Los Angeles now. I'm not gonna name their names, but these guys have been, they have been, uh, going for, uh, the dream that you're after. You know, they, they wanna mm-hmm. be like the next Chris Pratt, or the next Bradley Cooper, or the next Brad Pitt, whatever. And they're going right. for this. And, um, these guys have either like, they've, they've, they've lived and died on being in commercials or they've done right. like a, a web series with like a semi famous guy. You're, you're actually, you're actually, I'm telling you, like, I think you're on the right path. I, I think you're on the right path. Uh-huh. You're making the right moves. And I honestly see that. I'm telling you, like, the romance, the part of the, my favorite part of the movie was actually the romance comedy between you and the main female lead. I, I thought it was really good, and I, I can see you as a leading man in a future film. Oh, thanks, man. I really, I really appreciate that. I kind of, you know, you struggle, you try and figure out what you want to do, and the part of when you come to LA and you try and make a commodity out of yourself was what you have to do to make it a business. Yeah. Is you have to say, like, what am I selling? What am I trying to sell? And, and like, my first thing was, like, oh, I'm a, I'm John Krasinski light. You know, like, I was like, maybe that's what I'll sell. And then I was like, oh, maybe I'll try darker things. But I think where I, I have the most fun is, like, I have a, you know, I have somebody like Amanda Clayton, who's a fantastic actor. Mm-hmm. She's just straight up fantastic and right. smart and one of the best listeners I've ever worked with. And you have that, and, it's, and when you have somebody listening, just generally creates a chemistry and i think we had a good rapport going on and i really like her she's just a doll she's a wonderful person so those scenes i think as i watched the movie i was like oh yeah i think these these pop because she's because she's great honestly yeah. because i think she's just a fantastic actress well i i i enjoyed your scenes i enjoyed her scenes i, I think that the i mean the future is bright for you i, I really feel that way <laughs> I'm sitting in a 98 Honda right now. I'm not going to lie to you. (laughs) I need to hear that. No, that, hey, you know what? Like, there, no, you're, you're, you're doing it. I've got a buddy that's in Los Angeles right now and he did a web series and I, no, you're fine. I guarantee he would kill to be the, in the position that you're in right now. He did a a web series with a, a well-known actor that was in a that was in Sex in the City. And, mm-hmm. and I'm seeing what you're doing and I'm like, oh my gosh, this guy's in Guardians of the Galaxy with James Gunn. He's doing this bet movie. <laughs> He's doing this bet movie with Chris J. And the future is bright for you. You just got to keep yourself out there and keep doing these films because I, I really see that there's a, there's a bright future for you. I really enjoyed the romance comedy aspect of this movie, but you also throw in the raunchiness of it and it's like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like you open up that demographic that much more. Oh, thanks, man. That that's great to hear. You know, you, you know, I saw I actually saw it for the first time about a week and a half ago. I you know I brutalized myself if I'm watching myself too much. So I'm like I can't do this. So I saw it and I was like, oh, I think this works. I think this movie is fun. You know, and that's the thing is like if you have a movie that by itself, even if stuff doesn't completely connect with an audience, if it's just a fun movie, people watch it and it has I think a rewatchability. I'm excited about that. And, you know, good luck to your friend, too, because we all need it. You know, there's no rhyme or reason to yeah. these things sometimes. Something just pops off or it doesn't pop off. You put your whole, you know, you, you think something's going to be your big break and it isn't. And then you have this indie film and something ex- explodes and it hits some sort of zeitgeist at the time. And you're like, holy shit, I just didn't expect that. So right. 
think the only thing anybody can do, you know, uh, and I don't have a lot of nepotism on my side, so I'm just going out there and trying to make as much stuff as I can. And some, some, you know, you gotta, it's like a have gun will travel sort of situation. Yeah. Yeah. Just keep putting yourself out there. And that's the thing. Um, and I, I think you really did with this movie. I, I, I think you showed a lot of range in this movie and, I think people should definitely. I think people should definitely watch this movie. It's it's out on video on demand, and uh, mm-hmm. I know Jake, you you picked it up for you purchased it for nine ninety nine nine ninety nine just right off of iTunes. Yeah, no refund, no refund. No, no, that's I wasn't asking for one. <laughs> oh. Thanks for hey guys. Seriously though, like, we really appreciate you. I mean, it means a lot. It means so much that you're willing to take the time with a you know an indie film like this and and uh, take the time with us. It means a lot. Like I, on on our side, it means a lot. So yeah, thank you I, for that. Absolutely, I, it means a lot to us that like uh, it connects to us. Uh, it connects to our inner child. I mean, we all grew right. up watching wrestling, and then I, you know, talking to Chris, he told me about like you know you being like a geek through and through as far as like the yeah. sculpting and the Batman and the Marvel stuff. And I was just like, these are our people, and we're support- yeah. We are supporting, we are supporting our people. This is, and you know what? The humor, that's our humor. That, that, that's, yeah. that's the kind of stuff that like I can laugh at. I had a great time. You know, uh, Jerry, we didn't get to talk to him that much, but he was fantastic in this movie. And, uh, it, 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 it I, I love the resurrection of Jake the Snake and to see yeah. him in this movie and to see him working and to see him clean. That's an inspiration. And I think it not only is it, it's an it's an inspiration to everybody. I mean, we all have our vices in certain ways, and just to see this guy like pull his shit together and like it's fantastic, man. I, I think you guys have you guys have really pulled off a fantastic movie, man. Oh, thank you. That means so much, man. You know, we put our life into it. It came out two and a half years later, or whatever it was two years. It's a you know, uh, Chris. I, I said this before, but Chris is like the biggest hustler I've ever met in the best way. You know, he's like, he made all these things happen. He made all these micro connections he had and he pulled them and he made this movie and you have these fun, like, like Roddy's, Roddy's last appearance was great. Yeah. He's great. Mm -hmm. That guy, I mean, anybody who grew up in the eighties and is a John Carpenter fan, you're like, Oh yeah, they live. Yeah. Oh God. Stop right there. They live. Oh my God. And so I'm, and I, he was on the entire set. He was one of the guys that I was just like, oh, this is a, it felt like a kismet thing. Yeah. That guy is, a, is an actor through and through, and he just, he would, you know, we didn't have a lot of time with him, and we didn't actually, honest to God, we didn't have a scene yet. So right. we had to workshop a scene how Roddy was going to fit in the film. Right. So he and I, during a lunch break, were like, all right, let's just hash this out. And as I was working, I was like, oh, my God. It's just wonderful when somebody across from you feels like home, you know? Yeah. You're like, this guy... This guy knows what he's doing. He's a great collaborator, collaborator, and he's he's he's, a, he's a, just such a giving guy. And he had that fatherly quality. And I was like, ah, oh, this just feels right. And so, you know, whatever happens in my career, I have this wonderful moment in time with this man who was clearly just a wonderful, great class class act. You know, Alex, Alex, absolutely. I mean, you can look back and you can like. Honestly, like Roddy Roddy Piper means a lot to me, and it's like I, after his passing, I was thinking to myself, like Brian, like why didn't you tweet this guy and just tell him how much? Even if he never read it, like why didn't you tweet him and just let him know what a huge influence he was on you as a child? 
Um, right. Because he was fantastic. I, they Live is one of my favorite movies. John Carpenter directed this guy. I, I, yeah. I mean, he was, he made the villain cool in the WWF. Crazy, right? It wasn't you had the Iron Sheik and guys yeah. like that before, but yeah. he was like the, he was like the Batman. He was like the Miller Batman. Yeah. He was like yeah. this hero that you're like, ah, uh, the days of like, you know, you remember when Sting was huge? Yeah. Like that kind of, but I think Roddy was like the guy we love to hate, but then boom, the storm shadow of, of, WWF. You hit it. The guy you love to hate. And that's that's exactly yeah. who he was. I remember watching Piper's Pit. I would tune in. I remember after he passed, I, I went back and listened to his podcast and uh, listened to um, him talking to Leaping Lanny Poffo, who, true story, my oh, uncle, man. my uncle, when Leaping Lanny Poffo used to throw out the Frisbees to the audience. Oh, yeah. My uncle caught the frisbee that actually had the poem on the back when he fought Outlaw Ran Bass here in Peoria, Illinois. And I hold wow. that. I yeah, I still have that that frisbee, um, that and the poem that was written to Outlaw Ron Bass when he fought him. And I remember I have that I have that frisbee, and uh, my uncle caught that. My uncle passed away, and so wow. it, it means so much to me to have like like I don't know. It sounds silly, but it's like. Roddy Roddy Piper has he has a connection to me just because my uncle caught that frisbee and it's all kind of connected the WWF my childhood all that it's all connected it it means a lot to me so um, watching watching this movie and and knowing of of his passing made me also think of my uncle and how much how much that moment meant to me as in my childhood as a twelve year old kid that's awesome and you know it's it's funny it's guys like us who are collectors and. And like pop culture is our life. There's yeah. a, there's a kinship we all share, and there's a, there's a nostalgia that we we have collected, you know, all together in the same way. In this in this odd way, we have this giant well, this community of people who have the same references and the same things all across the world, or all across the United States at least. Mm-hmm. And we all have this affinity for nostalgia and things like that. Those are the things we attach to. You, yes. know, you go, oh yeah, and it means so much. It's this little thing. But it means so much to me because there's so much attached to it. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I, I I think that uh, I, I really enjoyed the Bet movie. Uh, I think our listeners would enjoy this movie. I highly recommend. It's on iTunes, uh, Amazon. Definitely check it out. Alex Klein. Um, I, I wish the best to you, man, because I, I really Thanks. enjoyed your performance in this, and it's been a pleasure talking to you. It's like it's like one of us has made it. I'm, I'm so happy. <laughs> Thanks, man. I really appreciate that. That means a lot to me because, you know, I talk to people who, who don't care. You know, you, you do an interview and it's like with, with somebody who doesn't give a shit about this. So they don't care about, you know, the, this movie looks on, 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 you know, on the surface like it's just going to be some hacky, stupid thing. And I think it's beyond that. No, and, I, I, I can, I can that. tell the passion that Chris put into this. Chris put a lot into it. I mean, you don't, you don't, he worked hard to get, to get these guys in the movie um and um you know getting rowdy rowdy piper that story just hearing that how how it all spawned into getting ddp and jake the snake and and it's it's fantastic and 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 uh i think he i think he i think he i think he like uh he struck gold when he got you into this film i think you really pulled it off man you did you did a fantastic job i really appreciate that man and like seriously the support from you guys it means everything. It really does. You know, 
we're making, I'm making movies for people with similar sensibilities, right? That's the kind of thing yeah. you want to do. You want to talk to people with similar, on some level, people who are going to understand you. And I made this movie for people like you and me. Yeah. Hey, you hey, do you, do you, do you like to laugh? Do you like to have a good time? You need to rent the bed. <laughs> agreed. You, agreed. Yeah. Humor with a you. <laughs> I, exactly. I mean, you know, like as much as I love the pian the the pianist, I wasn't like cracking up. You know what I mean? Agreed. Sometimes I just need to sit back, turn my brain off, and just have a damn good time and laugh at some good classic funny fucking shit. And that's what I got. Yeah, good man. I mean, that's what we're doing. We're making dick and fart jokes. Hopefully, hopefully, we're doing it and. A somewhat original way. You know? No, exactly. You need to take dick and fart jokes to the next level, and that's what you did. You, 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 you squared that shit. So, yeah, absolutely. Monster dick and shark jokes is what we did. I know this was this was kaiju dick and fucking kaiju farts. These, yeah, this was like this was like Godzilla taking like sh- like just whipping his fucking kaiju cock out. This was fantastic. You guys did it. You guys nailed it. So I highly recommend our listeners rent the bet or purchase the bet on Amazon, 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 Amazon iTunes, whatever. Uh, it's fantastic, man. You guys did a great job. Thanks, guys. You guys are the best. You're the best. All right, thank you, Alex, so much for joining us. And um, yeah, yeah, Alex, love to geek talk with you sometimes. Yeah, in the future. Nice. I wish we'd gotten to talk Stranger Things. Quite honestly, I haven't gotten to talk about that with anybody. Oh my God, Stranger Things, amazing. Am I right? Oh, so good. It was so good. It was like it hit every single note that we. I think we've all wanted since like Super Eight. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, that was like that sort of feeling, but this like touch. It was like that. Super Eight to me was like hamburger, and this was steak. Absolutely, yeah. like 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 J.J. Abrams kind of like did it with Super Eight, you know. And, yeah. and even though he had like uh, one of the Fanning girls in there, it was yeah. okay. And then like all right. of a sudden, like this guy like nailed the eighties, like the Duffer Brothers. Yeah, they where did these it. Duffer Brothers yeah. even come from? They yeah. just came out and I don't just know. blam. They're like they're they're like yeah. I have no because I'd never heard of them before at all, and they were completely in control of this entire show. And you could tell it had this, such a specific voice. It was like a callback to, you know. Oh, it was a love letter to Steven Spielberg, Stephen King. Yeah. It was a love letter to the 80s. It was awesome, man. To, like, Orion and Amblin. It was like, these are the movies that made up. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, it was like Orion and Amblin just had, like, an orgy and just, like, came all over your face. Like, hold on, hold on. I got to ask you about this. Jake, you were going to ask him, what was in the movie? Oh, yeah. What? Well, how did you make the semen that you put in the water oh, gun? Semen. Pure semen. For real. They did it in my sleep. Yeah, they jacked me off into that gun, and I just squirted it into... No, it was, uh, I think it was lotion. <laughs> it was lotion? Yeah, I think it was lotion. It's, it's funny, because one of those things is, like, you never think about how this is going to work. Like, I think the gun you saw when I'm, like, juggling it with Brian Allen, the Jackson character, uh, mm-hmm. I think that's milk. And then when it shot the scene, we actually had the syringe that shot it out, and it's this thick, viscous, disgusting. Like I think it's like body lotion. Okay, because <laughs> like I, when we're watching, like like when you watch TV and they do like an ice cream commercial, we know it's mashed potatoes. But like on the right, flip right. side, like like this was like new for us. This was like new territory. Like when they show you fake semen, I'm like, okay, that's not mashed potatoes. I don't know what that is. I gotta ha- I gotta ask. <laughs> you know what? I what now in retrospect, I, we should have used Cetaphil. What is you guys that? Know Cetaphil? 
No. Cetaphil is a face cleanser, and it looks like just like you're just giving yourself a bukkake like facial. <laughs> <laughs> but it's this like gentle cleanser, and it you know you wash your face, but it looks like you just got a gob of goo on your hand. Yeah, like, you could have had good looking semen and given him a great face cleanse at the same time. <laughs> How selfish of us. That's a, <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's like the perfect twofer, right? <laughs> Dude, Stranger Things, like season two, I, I don't know, man. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to happen, right? Oh, yeah. It'll, I'm, yeah, I mean, how could it not? It's, it's a huge hit on Netflix. And those kids, those, I mean, seriously, that was Goonies chemistry. Yeah. I was yeah. like, these kids are unbelievable. Who Everybody is, had such a distinct personality. Who was your favorite kid? Mine was Dustin, the kid that was missing his front teeth. Right, yeah, and that, that was my first one, too. And then I was like, dude, this Lucas kid is fantastic. Like, he's like this, the, He, I think he was a really good actor. He played these, like, the tougher scenes, you know? Yeah. A little bit more intense. But then I thought Mike... Uh, Mike was great. He's a, you know, but I, uh, maybe 11 all the way through. I think she, she did some stuff oh, with so few lines. Dude, 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 dude. We everything. gotta, we gotta give a shout out to fucking, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Steve. His pompadour, his hair. We gotta give a shout out to his hair, right? Oh, yeah, dude. That guy's so good. That guy's incredible. I was like, you, you have a character like that and you're like, oh, all right, this is gonna be the stock. You know, she goes with the, I think his name's Jonathan. It's yeah. His brother. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you're like, all right, we know he's going to end, she's going to end up with him. Yeah. And then you start to not like Steve because he's kind of that douchey character. And then he makes this turn. And you're like, I bet that was, that could have been based on how good that actor was. Because he's so likable. Isn't that the he's truth? Yeah. Yeah. Why, I mean, like, like why piss him away? Why piss him away? If you're going to have a second season, you got to bring him back. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he was the, of, of the, I think he was the star of the show to me. Outside of Eleven, he was the star of the show. I was like, oh, this guy, yeah, that you're, was unbelievable. You're absolutely right, dude. That guy was like, you know, it's like you take a, and I'm going to throw this out there, like you guys made a uh, Karate Kid reference in your movie. <laughs> and I kept thinking like the bad guy in your movie was like like the uh, like the Cobra Kai version. Like Steve, absolutely. yeah, Steve was like uh, the, the blonde haired dude. Oh, for sure. From uh, yeah, oh, the Cobra yeah, yeah. Kai, yeah. yeah, he was Johnny. He was first Johnny. Third Johnny sweep the leg, right? Yes, exactly. When he, when he's touched inappropriately by his coach, you're like, why is that happening? <laughs> and that's been a thing, like in pot, you know, like people like make that joke about like touching his cheek. But that I remember seeing that as a kid, going, that's not. I guess that wasn't what the kid expected. I bet Johnny didn't expect that to happen. Having some adult man put his thumb inside of his mouth. Oh, I bet that still haunts Johnny to this very day. <laughs> oh, I bet. I... Sweep the leg. Sweep the leg. Sweep the leg. Sweep the leg. <laughs> um, yeah, but Stranger Things, I think it's going to be two. I think it's going to be a, a. I don't know. I think for people our age, it's mm-hmm. kind of perfect. Yeah, I think we've been sort of starved for that feeling. You know. Yeah. Like movies are made so differently now, and television is made, is made so differently now that this this kind of erases any level of cynicism that's been bred into us. You know what I mean? It You're just right. doesn't allow it. It allows for this magic, and we can all, like, revel in this magic, and it does it so well. I thought it was pitch perfect. How do you capture that magic again? I mean, like, the 80s, like, it... it, it, it I mean, I can go back and watch, like, Big Trouble in Little China. I can go back and yeah. watch, like, Monster Squad, which I did recently. I watched it with my niece, and she's, like, 10 years old. She loved it. But, like, there's, awesome. n- there's no movies like that that... 
And Stranger Things, I think it captured that 80s feel like no other thing that I've ever watched before. I don't know how they did it, but they did it. It was it was amazing. It's the it, I mean the writing was good, the dialogue is really good, but it's the casting in that yeah. situation. You watch and you go like everybody like Dustin is chunk. You know, you're like, oh, I see what that is. You got the more sensible character, the the Will Wheaton character, mm-hmm. stand by me. Yeah, you know, Mike, and so you have all these archetypes. So they just they mixed archetypes, right? And it, and they did it in such a specific, smart way that it comes out and it and we feel it. Even if you can't go, oh, that's specifically ET. You have that same feeling. Yeah, and there's the part where you think that the bikes are gonna fly away like it's ET, but you know what? Eleven, she body slams the fuck out of that van. Yeah, that was fucking awesome. It was awesome. That was fucking awesome. I was like, okay, thank you. I I don't need to see the Amblin logo again. Instead, I just saw her go like all WWE on that fucking van and body slam it. I was like, that is dope. Yeah, it was rad. It reminds me of like that Hellboy thing. I think it's Hellboy 1 when he punches the top of the car and oh. flips over. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It was so cool. It was so, I don't know. She's a great character. She's a fantastic character. Hey, can I and throw the... Has, like, no, sorry. Go no, ahead. I'm going to throw it out there that, Alex, you are like one of us. Like, I feel like this is like that moment in Toy Story where I'm like, one of us, one of us, yes. one of us. <laughs> you are one of us. Like, you know, like, this is what we talk about week to week, dude. Yeah, man, this is the stuff that I care about. You know, this is this is these thoughts are the things that got me into movies. So why the I fuck are uh, why the fuck are our listeners not purchasing this movie? The bet because you are one well, of us. It's support, yeah. man. Yeah, please do, guys. If yeah, you can. absolutely. I don't want to go all Jerry Lewis on you, but please, God, please buy this movie. <laughs> the eleventh, eleventh hour of the telethon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Hey, 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 Jerry Lewis, chill out. All right. Okay. All right. We get it. We get it. No, do it. Swearing Rachel Epithet. Oh, wow. That's what happened. You, no. Dude, you've been fantastic, man. Thank you so much for joining us this episode. Hey, thank you guys. Seriously, for having me. This was so fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, you're welcome back anytime. I mean, I don't care what project you're doing. I mean, you can do a fucking, like, uh, hemorrhoids commercial and you can come back and talk to us about it, man. I don't give a fuck. It was an all ass project, but it was, uh, there was good writing. Um, it was all about my butthole. Um, but I'll have a good, we had a good script. Had a good script. I, I honestly, absolutely, seriously, I've seen some good uh, hemorrhoid co- uh, commercials. So, I mean, you want to come back and talk to us about it? That's fine by me. I don't care. I don't done care. Done. I absolutely will. You guys are awesome. All right, Thanks, thank you Alex. so much, man, Alex. All right, guys, um, Alex. Good luck in in all your future endeavors. Like, what what is next on the horizon? You got anything lined up? Uh, yeah, I got a horror movie coming out. It's called uh, the, the Revelator. Um, that should be coming out. Uh, I think September. I'm really excited. I play a kind of a shitty dude in it. I'm very excited about doing that. Oh man, the and Revelator! I mean, that that the Revelator sounds like uh, like the the name of like a vibrator or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like no, that's what it's about. Vibrators. Oh, oh, awesome! Perfect. <laughs> you nailed it. Perfect. So, all right, we know the demographic. All right, cool. Yeah. Um, no, it's a it's a horror movie about this guy who can kind of uh, he it's he can see dead people, but he doesn't want to. And he tries to move to this island and where nobody has died and there's a conflict with this rich family. And it goes into an Illuminati aspect 
and it's really, really cool. I'm, that's, I'm super excited about that. That sounds fascinating. Cool. Um, I love the, the Sixth Sense. Of course, everybody loved that. That's probably the only right. movie that people liked from, uh, M. Night Shyamalan. But like, I also enjoyed the movie The Eye, and I'm not talking about the Jessica Alba movie. I'm talking about the actual, the original movie The Eye. Right, right. Is that the Korean? Yes. I can't remember. Yeah, I yeah. I never saw it, but I it was on my Netflix queue forever. Check it out; it's actually pretty freaky. And this, I, I love shit like that, man. So I'll definitely yeah. check out the Revelator. It sounds awesome. Right on. right on. And I'm actually writing a movie with the guy who played Jackson right now, uh, Brian Allen. We're doing a uh, it's a it's a western. It's like a Cain and Abel story about two kids who had a really really fucked up childhood, split ways, and then come back and uh, and figure out how to have each other in their lives. Uh, what is the title of that? Uh, we don't have a title yet. Actually. Okay. Yeah. So no yeah. working. Okay. So uh, how about the debt? No. 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 Well, keep we'll us po- keep us posted, man. That sounds awesome. Cool. Cool. Yeah, guys. Uh, Any time, man. This is super fun. All right, man. Uh, All right, Alex, thank you. Great Alex. having you, man. Hope yeah. we talk to you again. All right, guys. Thank you so much again for all the support. Like it seriously means everything. Thank, thank everything. you. Thank you, Alex. All right. All right, man. All right. Take care, guys. Later. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Already like 7 million podcasts Talking about pop culture and all that Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat But it's all been done before and we don't want to be a copycat We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap Good and toss it, good and taste it Do we love it? Hey, let's face it Can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party Subculture spill over like a vulture Carryover, counterculture, pushover Pop culture to say it's already been said I'm pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this pop culture leftovers